0: Hello and welcome to The Beans Media Diary. We are so pleased you decided to listen in as have got all of these things coming right up.
1: I basically just took the pressure off myself, really. I started not thinking about goals. Uh, when i come on, I wasn't chasing goals. I was just trying to think of when I was a kid enjoying it and just wanted to enjoy the game and then took a bit of the pressure off myself and just enjoyed training and keep on improving.
0: My name is Val Baines and I am your host. I'm also joined by Joe Stanley. In every instalment, we will be joined by a different person from the world of media, sport, technology and everything in between. So we promise you, there'll be something for everyone. In this episode, we are joined by Callum Lang, who plays for Wigan Athletic.
2: Joe, how are we doing, buddy? Yes, I'm good, thanks. Uh, buzzing to have Langie on. Um, as I know, I'm uh, What a baller. Can't wait to get started. Mate, Callum,
0: how are we doing?
1: Yeah, nice, nice uh got a little bit of an injury, so it's nice to be on here so you can cheer me up like
0: <laughs> Yeah, we we're gonna ask you how you how you doing?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Um I had quite a lot of games recently, so it's been quite demanding and I had a I had a few knocks, so just got a little one at the minute, but hopefully hopefully back playing on Saturday.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. So we want to start off at the beginning. So, you signed for the Liverpool Academy, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I was in the development there as a young lad, so I spent quite a long time in the development, not um, the actual team. And then, um, yeah, learned quite a lot there as a kid. You the, the base a lot of it on, like, your technical side of your game. So, I think as a kid, I was always quite good at running, had a lot of energy, but maybe not as much the technical side. So, I think that's where I learned quite a lot, to be fair. And I had a little trial there, uh, quite a long trial. So I was there on trial for quite a long time. And then not long after that, they, they let me go. So, um, yeah, and then that's when I went on to play Sasty Sunday League, really.
0: So how did Wigan come along then? Did they? Was there like a, a sort of scout that spotted you?
1: Yeah, so basically I was playing for my school team, and... Uh, Playing against another school and Alton wanted me to go in on, on trial. So uh, I went there on trial and uh done well, was was loving it. Thought uh, thought they were gonna sign me and then it came to the end of the trial and they didn't want to sign me. So um the the scouts who took me there basically gave me dad a call saying um not sure what really went on, thought he'd done quite well and stuff. Is it okay if passion uh, pass your number on to um to Wigan and I think there was one other, but basically Wigan gave us a call straight away and wanted us to go on trial there. So went on trial, signed not long after and then my first game for them was against Bolton. So it was nice. Worked out worked out lovely.
2: Obviously so just talking about that like straight away there, you've had like quite like a quite you dealt with early like sort of rejection sort of thing quite early on. Do you think that's helped you in your career so far? Just from that early age, you've dealt with it and like sort of like bounced back. Yeah, I think, uh, especially in footy, that's a that's
1: a massive part of it. So, to be honest, obviously as a kid, I come home crying when I got released from Liverpool. But you know, um, I think it's looking back at it, it's done me really, really well. I think well, I'm gonna have more of that as well, probably going on in my career. So I think that's just football. It's a it's a game based on opinions. So. There's gonna be more of that to come and I think uh you just gotta
0: take it on the chin really and learn from it. 110%, yeah. So what happened when you when you joined the academy academy? Because you were 14 at the time, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, 13, 14, yeah. So um basically we were we were training on an Astro in Wigan. Uh wasn't the best Astro to be fair. Um <laughs> just signed, so it was uh I was really buzzing with that, and started playing against other academies and stuff, and was loving the training really. So I was in school. Uh, my dad would take me up there two times a week. Of uh, a night we'd train. It was it two or three? I think it was two two nights a week where we'd do training, and then um, in high school and stuff, I was doing day release, so I was going away from school quite a lot and uh, doing an extra day in training with Wigan and. Um, to be honest, it's just been such a fast process, really, since signing for Wigan. It feels like it was not that long ago and already in the first team, really, it's been a long process, but it feels like it's been a quick one.
2: So at the minute, then, you are le- are you leading goal scorers, Joe Garner? Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, there's a few of us on six. What yeah, the six.
2: No. Callum,
0: Callum, don't act like you don't know that, because I know <laughs> you know that.
2: Uh, I know, yeah, six, yeah. <laughs> right, you know, fire, all Lange, yeah. As, as someone who, like, obviously, who's played with you as a kid and stuff and knows you, it's boss to see. I remember the first time, right, I swear, I don't know when it was now, I don't know who he was at the time, but I was watching a... Uh, Gillette Soccer Saturday and Jeff Stellan and and i seen your name come up I was like Mum, Dad, get in here Honestly, it was sick I was absolutely buzzing for you
1: No, to be fair when I first went along to to Morecambe uh, and like started scoring and stuff I think that's one of the things that like made me confidence go mad so I'd get home like my dad would have recorded it on Sky or whatever just my name coming up on the bottom (laughs) but all bouncing around the house raving so it's nice, it's nice to see that. Like, it's something like when you're a kid you don't think of, and then that comes, or when you're just like, Matt, like, want me name on
2: there every week, like. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Joe, you've, you've played with Callum, like, when you were kids. What? How good was this kid? Was he, like, a cut above everyone else?
2: Different gravy, different gravy. Nah, honestly, we had a pretty good team anyway. We were at uh, Kirby-Wilpecker, best team in Liverpool, IMO. Uh, <laughs> little, little, little boys. <laughs> But um, nah, Langey came in, and I was saying to Balfe before, like, you played up front on the number 10 role, say, yeah. and like, you'd make a tackle in the center mid, take on four players, and slot it bottom corner. I was like, yeah. what? like, it's just, it was insane, honestly. Obviously, we had Jim and Swanny and stuff, and it was just an unbeatable team. It was honestly it was some yeah, of the yeah. best moments there for me. Like, I was,
1: I was thinking about this, obviously,
2: because
1: I knew it had come up the the mighty woodpecker, like. So I was thinking about it, and we had some we had some good players, man. It was a good team. I think uh, I was surprised as well that like n- like no other lads really went on and played yeah. in the league, you know. Because I think Sunday league wise, we were like the best. They never really played any teams better than us, really. Did we? So man. we had a good team. We had a right good goal. And we
2: were it, the Tarnies, didn't we? Um, we. So were you there when we went to Skeggy? Or Were you already signed for Wigan then?
1: I was, was uh the
2: National's we won with you in the Champions League and that.
1: Yeah, so I played in that champ, I played in that
2: Champions League one once. I
1: think uh did we get beat in the final?
2: I think so against that Celtic, was it? Uh yeah, like they they were a good team as well. Yeah, good players then though. i had like Liam Morris and that and Jack Fleming yeah. who played on at high levels and stuff, haven't they? Yeah,
1: they were a good team, but so like Swanee and uh once do you come on shower, Wigan as well? And
2: uh, Done
1: well, and they were just a bit unlucky, really. And I'm surprised that they didn't really find a club. But I'm not sure what they're doing now. But good yeah. players when they were younger, like,
2: yeah, no, it was a good scene that had some good laughs there. In me, oh, I mean, yeah. they were funny, them that. good
1: team Wally as <laughs> well. Some coach,
2: <laughs> yeah, like, you knew, and Tommy Gary and that, yeah, so, yeah. honestly, belt
1: running round and everything. All <laughs> fitness drills at, at the start I was thinking not for me this but then after a while we were flying weren't
2: we I think I was the fittest I've ever been yeah. same <laughs> I think we could do that now <laughs> but yeah honestly uh, to answer your question then Paul, Bal honestly insane player I, you know when he was talking about the technical side and stuff he had that when he came to us trust me you know, tearing players left foot right foot Megs and them and everything so I'm not sure I'm not sure it took me
0: a while to get there so you recently like went on loan to to Motherwell you've just come back haven't you in the last like couple of months so do you think going out on loan is is a good thing for a player to do
1: yeah definitely I think um, obviously I think as a lot of young players and even myself when I was in the academy it was like all you think about is getting to the first team at the club you're at you never think about going on loans. You never really want to go out on loan. You never think of it that way. But to be honest, I think if I didn't go out on my first loan to Motherwell, don't think I'd be playing for Wigan now. I'm not sure what path it will have went on, with, but it may be better for worse. But like I'm so glad that I went out on my loans. I think how much you learn from it. Uh all the different players around you, the different managers, every club I've been. I feel like I've took a lot away from it. And, um, yeah, no, I think because I was with Wigan, so in the pre-season I come in scored a few. And basically uh, they wanted to send me out on to Southport. So, uh, <gasps> no. yeah. So no one knows that actually. That's for the first time in this podcast. So that's a good <laughs> one for you. But, yeah, so basically they wanted me to go to Southport and I played that pre-season and scored quite a few, so... Obviously, I wanted to test myself in the league, really. Didn't really want to go any lower than League Two. Yeah. So, basically, my agent rang around League Two clubs and basically, Moreham said straight away they'd take me. So, they were taking a bit of a risk, really, because they wouldn't knew much about me. So, that's how it all came about, really. So, I went there and it was a tough start at first. So, not many people know that at the start at Morecambe. I was hardly playing. I'd come off the bench and stuff and it wasn't really working out. And I think Wigan were thinking about recalling me in the January. And it was coming up to January and i come off the bench and got my first goal. Uh, after that first goal, then I just carried on. Then I think I uh, scored like 10 and 15 starts. So I got off to the flyer and that's where it all started, really. And I think it's been a big part of my career, really. My loans, I think... Any, any lad coming off through the academy and maybe aren't going training with the first team or are training with the first team, but they're not quite ready. It's such a, such a good thing to do. Just go out and, and learn the game, really. And once you go out and you do that, you, you know what level you're at. You know whether you're good enough to really push yourself or if you've got things to work on.
0: Is there anything you do, like, when you're in that sort of blip where you're not scoring goals, you're not getting a run of games? Is there anything you, sort of, like a technique that you have?
1: Yeah, so uh, at the start at Morecambe, um I didn't start a game until halfway through the season. I was getting quite down about it. I uh, was coming off the bench and was getting close to scoring, but never really scoring. I was just going home and thinking about it and, beating myself up, thinking, oh, I should have scored there, watching back and thinking, oh, have I not scored that and stuff like that. And basically, it was... Uh, I was going into the gaffer and kind of saying, like, oh, trying to get him to start me, basically, but really, probably didn't deserve to start. I hadn't come on and scored or nothing like that, and more coming down the bottom of the table, so he's got to have players that he can trust on the pitch. And... um. I basically just took the pressure off myself, really. I started not thinking about goals. Uh, when i come on, I wasn't chasing goals. I was just trying to think of when I was a kid enjoying it and just wanted to enjoy the game. And then took a bit of the pressure off myself and just enjoyed training and keep on improving. And that's when, obviously, the second half of the season... It's easy to say when it works and you start scoring, but course, yeah. even now, if I'm not scoring, I just think... Forget about the goals. You know, they'll come when you're, in, when you're high on confidence and you're in them positions. So, yeah, I kind of just took the pressure off about goals and just focused on enjoying it, really.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing to do, isn't it? Just today, another little question about the loan stuff and that then. When you went to Motherwell, was that hard, like, living in Scotland and stuff? Because and, obviously it'd be it's far away, isn't it? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, obviously... Growing up, I've moved away from home quite a bit. Obviously, Scotland's a bit further, but even in my Scotland, I was living in Dixon Wigan just because I didn't have a car or nothing. So, just a lot easier. Just I could walk around the training from where I stayed. Yeah. So I'd, I'd stayed away from home a bit, so I didn't really struggle with that. But I think going to Scotland, so I ended up living in a house on my own, and then with the COVID and stuff, it was yeah. probably just the COVID situation. Like, made it so much harder, so um, just like, even like none of the lads come come around to the house, because like, my family wasn't there, but I would have had lads around and play FIFA or whatever in the house, but you couldn't even do any of that. So it was, I'm um, getting to know the lads as well. So I'm walking around in Scotland, trying to talk to my teammates, everyone's got masks on. I can't understand yeah. that well, they can't understand me that well. <laughs> So it was just like what what chance have you got? So I think it, it took a while, but they were a good group of lads, like and I enjoyed it and the experience playing over there was, was really good, like, but yeah, I think it was hard the uh, being so far away from home and like it taken a bit longer to bond with the lads because of because of the COVID situation, it was tough.
2: Right, okay. It should be a tough question, this because I know uh, um, but who would be your, like, perfect strike partner? No one at the club, and obviously not Ronaldo or Messi, and why?
0: And you can't say Joe Stanley either. You can't <laughs> say Joe
2: Stanley. That's <laughs> that so to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> i the pig. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as I can have you, i probably probably... Yeah. Obviously, I'm normally... have uh, a obviously watching Everton quite a lot. I'd probably say Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. Um, what a player yeah yeah because I think with a partnership for myself I like to play off someone who can hold the ball up well for the team I think I like to gamble off the striker quite well and make runs beyond them so Calvert-Lewin he, he wins a lot of flick-ons and he holds the ball up well as well but also he can score goals so be, I think that'd be the perfect partnership really and yeah. if that happens one day I'd be a happy man
2: that England lad no. at that, don't worry.
1: <laughs> Everton <the> more like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so going on the flip side of that, who's the toughest defender you've you played against? Because I know you played against some really, really like high-quality defenders, but who's been the toughest and who sort of stands out in your mind? <laughs> Can't say Juki either. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no, um, do you know what? There's a few, but, um I think most recently, obviously, when you're in Scotland and you play Celtic or Rangers, you know it's you know it's gonna be a, a tough shift really. And uh they're the only games they put on Sky, the hardest ones, so nice one Sky. I <laughs> <laughs> need to be putting in a big shift really. And uh we were away at Rangers and I was playing on the wing, played on on the wing a lot as well from other one. So uh Tavernier is playing right back. Basically, we we played like a uh, two banks of five, and um, <laughs> I was playing on the the left of the front bank of five, so and like Tavernier was just bombing on. So like, obviously not tough as in trying to tackle me because we we didn't have much of the ball, but he was taking me the other way really. So I was chasing him the other game, like the other way, and we went one nil up we went 1-0 up and I scored in that game yeah. and I was thinking like buzzing but <laughs> to be honest like, it made it 10 times harder He just kept on coming and yeah they, they were a good side and he was a he was a tough one to play against because he just had so much energy to have an ear. yeah he's mad and he has got like mad assists and goals on
2: him and everything yeah yeah,
1: yeah they, uh, they're a good team like, and I think obviously his, his stats don't lie. really he's a he's a top player for them so um yeah, the are flying, aren't they? Flying. Yeah, they are,
0: they're on fire. Stevie, la, Stevie G. Yeah, they, they've won the league already. Like, crazy what he's done up there. Yeah, yeah,
2: the celebrations were mad. Like, all the videos on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I've seen that, and the changes and
1: stuff. Yeah, there's some of the fans over there. They, it did seem like football in Scotland, all the fans were, were <laughs> crazy. Like, but obviously, I was gutted that I couldn't play in front of the Motherwell fans, to be fair. Because... You know, when I, when I scored a few goals for them. I didn't, yeah, I not was going to say that. You, everyone buzzing and stuff, but yeah, I didn't get to play in front of the fans. So I was gutted about that, especially, obviously, played in Europe and stuff. Yeah. Like, if there was fans there, it would have been crazy, but unfortunately, it's been a crazy year for us all.
2: I know, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I hope your dad eh, recorded that one when he scored against Rangers.
1: <laughs> I, know,
0: I think it uh, will all be recorded on my dad's box, <laughs> I know, like, <laughs> Is that the biggest thing that's changed for you since lockdown started? Like, the fans not being in the stadium?
1: Yeah, I think, like, just at the start, everyone kind of just got on with it and thought it'll only be a few weeks or a few months or whatever. And then it just started, like, at the minute. Obviously, the position we're in with Wigan. So, like, obviously, this is the first time I've properly broke into Wigan's team playing week in, week out. And I've got, like... Getting messages after the game saying how much support we've got, but obviously, in the ground, like if you score, you want to be jumping in with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but um, hopefully, hopefully, next season, it's yeah. a normal life. Definitely,
2: I hope so. Me and Balf are saying because uh, Balf's down south yeah. at the minute. When the restrictions are off, we're going to go and get some tickets for Wigan for my watch, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, no, anytime. Sure, sure. Uh, me and Pete, we can sort you out a few. <laughs> down, Legend. <laughs> Come What's down it? to the DW. Yeah, get down. It's uh, good times at the minute.
2: The club podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Takeover stuff and that happened at Wigan and whatever. What does that do for the club, like the players and the fans and stuff? Like, how does it make you feel? And
1: Yeah, obviously just come about the other day and straight away it was just a good feeling really I think obviously for myself and there's a few young lads that I'm playing within the team where we've been there since we were like kids and obviously they're the club that give us an opportunity when a few of us had quite a lot of rejections so you know you want to see the club do well and like even though like say I support Everton like Wigan's my club really do you know what I mean I've been there for so many years and you want to see them do well and just never good to see see a club. Like you've seen with Betty, that, like what happened with yeah, them. And of
0: course.
1: It's scary, do you know what I mean? It affects, affects so many people. So, uh, no, it's good to see the fans all, all buzzing as well. So everyone has made up with that and it's definitely give us all a, a all big lift to get the job done and make sure we're going to still a League One club and then yeah. push on from
2: there. 100%. He's well, definitely got a hell of a squad. Yeah, obviously with you up front uh, I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> no, we we've got a good squad. To be fair, uh, got a few players missing as well. Obviously, Pearce, is uh, still struggling with his foot, so he's a big miss. But yeah, we've got a got a really good squad. Definitely good enough to to do well in this league. So we just need to make sure the last few games we really push on because we've got a really good squad, like.
2: I think as well with Wigan at the minute, there's a good camaraderie there, I think, with all the fa- the players, you know what I mean? I think he's all just cracking on, getting through it and stuff, and seems i will be having fun as well. Do you know what I mean? That's half the battle, I think.
1: Yeah, I think when I first come back, we had we had a bit of a wobble to be fair. Uh so I come back, my first game was Rochdale. Um which was a three-three time.
0: game.
1: Yeah, three yeah. all uh scored, so I was like I was buzzing with that, and we were creating a lot of opportunities. Went home, and I was like, I like, create so many chances. This team, and obviously, it's going to be good for me. I was like, like to me, that's like, scored a good few years, creating so many chances, and um, proper loved it. And then after that, we, we went through a bit of a spell where we weren't really creating much, we were conceding sloppy goals, and had a bit of a wobble, really. And uh, we had a big meeting as a team. And like the gaffer spoke to us and then he left us to it and the players just spoke. And I think when all the players are speaking together in the changes, you get a bit of like, you respect what everyone's saying and everyone's got their own little opinion of what they think's gone wrong and what we can do better. And I think after that meeting, we've kind of all properly stuck together and I feel like it's a really good team environment and one that we know the person next to you is going to, Give a hundred percent and and work the socks off for the man next to them. So it's it's a nice feeling at the minute. Like,
0: yeah, it's all about having like having your back. And also, I think with the backroom staff you've got with the manager um, and the, I also this is like totally off tangent. I saw a video of um, Dr. Jonathan Tobin, your club doctor. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I didn't know this, but he was the doctor that treated uh, Fabrice Muamba. Yeah, yeah. Like, because it's been nine years, I think this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I've seen that on Sport so I didn't know that never. Crazy. I've been at the, the club a long time with the doc as well, so I've known him in quite a while, but never knew that. So, I've seen him today, and I, because <laughs> I sent it to the physio, and I was like, Do yeah, doc's famous, life with you, 400k <laughs> views on Instagram, and I was like, yeah, follow me back, doc. But, uh, <laughs> no, nah, so, like, I was like, didn't know that at all, but, like, yeah, fair play to him. Like, he's he's done a fair play to him there. It's uh, obviously a great thing that he's done, helping, helping out with that. And it's, it's a bit of a crazy scenario that he's done a massive, massive helping. So, yeah. fair play to the doc. Yeah, he's a big character as well. He's a, he's a good man.
2: For me then, like, who is the sports icon that's influenced you the most, like, inside and outside of football? Obviously, growing up. Like, I, I just loved, like I'd always
1: go on go on YouTube and watch different clips of players and as an Everton fan I was there watching Barkley come through before games and that I'd always kind of watch his like YouTube clips and then wants to copy him, do you know what I mean? But I think probably the main one was like Rooney and Terry Henry, like two players that I watched on YouTube and just wanted to try a skill they've done or score a goal like they've done and I just always watch their kind of YouTube videos and try and copy what they're doing sort of thing and obviously a bit gutted when Rooney left Everton but when he came back it was nice and yeah. you know like they're, like Rooney's the type of player I want to want to be like really I like the way he uses the aggression side in his game I think that's a big part of his game is aggression uh he kind of plays like his personality, I think. Like he, he kind of plays a lot with like his art on his sleeve, like and I think it's kind of similar to myself. Uh, every game means a lot really. And I'm, I think I'm a player who goes out there and wants to wants to work for the shirt and try and get as many goals and also add a better quality. So I think Rooney probably You'd probably say Rooney, yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and what about outside of football?
1: outside of football do you know what so I've been reading the book actually it's called Relentless uh, Tim Grove Grover now, is a so he's like a fitness coach for a, a lot of the NBA players and he um, he sp- speaks a lot about Michael Jordan in he? he speaks about his mentality and uh, it's a really good book being enjoying being enjoying reading that actually. And it's just, it's boss. some of the stories in it. Some of the stories he talks about and the way he works and stuff and the way they think it's, it's like, I think sometimes that's what separates people from the rest, really. Uh, Just a complete different mentality, the way they go about things. So I think of recent, he's someone that I've looked at and really, really took a lot away from.
0: So have you watched The Last Dance on Netflix?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, yeah,
0: It just makes you realise why he is the way he is and why yeah. he achieved the, the things he achieved because yeah. he's just so relentless and um, the com- competitiveness of yeah. him is just, is I've never heard of anything like that. I thought I was competitive <laughs> and then this guy comes along and just has races on like yeah. how quick he could eat his food, just little things like that. Yeah, no, definitely.
1: I think so. that's kind of why I bought the book really so I watched that and then was reading up a bit more about him online so quite a bit of an interest and i have seen that book which has got a lot of stories about him in, and yeah it was it was good it was like watching that as well it's just you yeah, it is crazy how 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 their head works really like he's not really bothered about what anyone thinks he's just really bothered about the end goal so no it's, it's something that I think as a player as well you can take into your game and just try and be kind of relentless as possible, really, because it, it's work for him, has not it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yes. So he sort of does fishing in his in his spare time. So what, what sort of stuff do you do in your time off in your in your downtime?
1: Um, recently, I obviously with the lockdown, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty and FIFA. Really. Yeah. Uh, can that's what I've been spending a lot of time on. Um, <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox. Playstation, all day. PlayStation, yeah, all day. PlayStation, yeah. But uh, because I got, I was waiting around for the PS5 for ages, or excited for it. That I had to get hold of. so I got mine. It's broke, hasn't it? So,
0: oh, that's really <laughs> no way. Yeah.
1: A break. What happened? Just it was freezing all the time, and the
2: defo, defo fumed on Ultimate Team. You like, um, honestly, I've had a nightmare.
1: Good <laughs> had to send it off. Sold me a PS3. Oh yeah, other
0: nightmare.
2: not ruthless. That yeah. Guess it's the uh, the final three questions, Bal. Do you want to introduce them? Do you want to say it?
0: Yeah, um, let's do it. Let's do it. So we always finish the podcast on three questions on the past, present, and the future. So Callum, we're going to start with the past. What advice would you give a sixteen-year-old Callum Lang? So what would you say to him?
1: Probably just be like. Just be patient, really, and trust the process. I think um, as a kid, I was kind of in a rush to get to where I wanted to be. When really, like, not a lot of people take that perfect path. They've got to, they've got to go certain ways and take paths that you didn't think you'd really take. And I think it's about just being patient and working towards that end goal, but adapting to everything in between. So, yeah, I think just be patient and keep a positive mindset, really. That would be the main two things.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you need to be strict with your goal but flexible with your journey and how to get there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, especially in this game, you know, you might be out a club and you're loving it and then next minute a new manager comes in who doesn't fancy you. So, yeah. it's, it's changing all the time, especially in football. So, it's something that
2: you just need to be patient and stay positive. So we will do the present. So given the choice of any three people, dead or alive, yeah. who would you have as a dinner guest and why? To, That's a I this.
1: question quite a while ago, yeah. And at the time I was loving the film, A Star Is Born. <laughs> uh, that was my- <laughs>
0: What? not expecting that.
1: I love it. I would have said at the time, this won't be my answer now, but at the time I would have said like Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper and myself. And just recreate it all. <laughs> but, Joe,
0: we've got to pay to see that. Yeah, so, well, come well,
1: on. Well, no, uh, I'm over that now. I'm over that little phase I had, and um, I'll probably say Michael Jordan, uh, Mayweather, and Ronaldo. Uh, probably icons there. Yeah. Do you
0: know what's really weird, Callum? Yeah. We had um, Tom Pearce on last week and he said Ronaldo and Mayweather too. Oh, really, yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, like, for me, them three, going back to the point where I was saying about, like, the mentality side of thing. I think them three really are, like, the mentality kings, really. That's that's what they have over everyone else. Like, um, just them three. They're a step ahead of the year, really. um. Yeah, and I think that's that's something I kind of wanna. I'd like to sit at a table and listen to how how they're so, how they're so like that, and how do you think like that? Because I think a lot in sports, there's a lot of great athletes, but the the ones who are next level, they're the ones with the the, the mentality like they've got, just born different, really. So yeah, I think uh, probably them three, yeah.
0: Yeah, the conversation would be different, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I think you could just sit in a room with them and just just learn off
0: them. Just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, just, just take it all in.
1: I'd enjoy that.
0: So, last question, just to finish off this podcast, a question about the future. So, where do you see yourself in ten years' time? What will Callum Lang be doing in twenty thirty one?
1: Hopefully, the same as now. Uh, hopefully, still playing. Probably coming towards the end of it, but. Hopefully still playing, yeah, still healthy and still playing at a good level. Um when I went to Morgan, first long, was playing up front with Kev Allison. So he was like 40 at the time, 39, 39 at the time. And uh, like old enough to be my dad, really, playing up front with him. <laughs> and he's still playing now at Newport, still scoring. So Isn't
2: that sheer celebration in my like? <laughs> That's crazy. <isn't> it?
1: <laughs> oh no, I've seen that and he was, he was a big character like so yeah hopefully hopefully still playing really look after myself and hopefully I'm able to stay at a good level at that age too
2: I think that honestly is the perfect way to end yeah, um, yeah. so thank you Callum if you have made it this far thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Beans Media Diary if you've enjoyed listening please subscribe or follow we promise we'll be super grateful and if you're feeling kind please leave a review. A massive thank you to everyone at Beans Media for their help. Make sure you keep an eye out on socials for the details of our next episode. Goodbye.